What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. I'd like to first apologize for how bad my audio sounds. About 10 minutes before we were about to record, my computer decided to take a big old poo-poo all over itself. So I am calling on location from my own home where my computer is not working. Coming up on today's show, we're going to continue our Locked on Bucks progressive mock draft. And we're going to talk about who the Browns are going to take with their second first round pick. And then David and I are going to dive into a couple of Twitter questions that were sent in from a few of our listeners. So without any further ado, we would like to welcome back Jeff Lloyd of the Locked On Browns podcast for the uh, the Browns number four pick. But before we get to that, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm ready for April 26th, like you would never believe. Uh, yeah. A little rundown. Uh, you know, this is where, like, the eating, all the bad habits, they just show up. Uh, I just scarfed down four tacos at about quarter to ten. Uh, look, oh, I mean, me April too. 26th. Exactly. I mean, we need to... We need a little break here, but you can't break till April 26th. But uh, what it does, it, it, it shouldn't be a nice turn of events. My body certainly needs it. Uh, I need to get to sleep a little bit more. But look, guys, you know, this is, you know, for what we do, the fun time of the year, you know, we've got that nice May to relax. So, but uh, look, I mean, this is what we do. We know why we do. We enjoy it. So uh, I love every minute of it. But, uh, you know, the little break that's coming soon. But, uh, you know, the monotony of, you know, the rumors of the day and this guy's, you know, who's supposed to go 27 might go two and all that goes along with it. You know, it's a fun ride, but you know, got to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. And it, it seems like the closer we get, the more and more bad takes and hot takes and outlandish takes, they just grow and grow and grow to the point that you're like, I can't take any more draft anything. Just let it get here and let me know what players are going to be on my team because it's, it's, it's jumped the shark. It's too much. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, if you could just do the Rip Van Winkle till about April 26th, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jeff, all right. Now, to, to recap, you were on our the first episode of our Progressive Mock, and you took Sam Darnold for the Cleveland Browns, the franchise quarterback, you know, hoping that, that the Browns finally hit on one and they have their franchise guy for the next 10, 12 15 years and since then we've had the pick for the Giants was quarterback Josh Allen and then on Friday's episode we had the uh, the New York Jets select Josh Rosen so the Browns are now sitting at four they have now seen three quarterbacks including their own come off the board they have their pick of the litter of any position player they want of course the big three that everyone talks about Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Saquon Barkley. What kind of a thought process do you believe would be going on with the Browns at this point in time? Would they look for a trade down? Is there somebody that they seem to be really high on that they're like, you know what, if we get our quarterback at one, then we got to take this guy at four, and we're, we're going to be in real, real good shape. Just kind of give us some insight as to what you think would be going through the minds of, of the powers that be in Cleveland. Well, uh, if Josh Allen went at two, and now you're looking that Baker Mayfield is still here, I mean, 
you're picking up the phone and, and you're listening to any and all, you know, possible offers. Um, even if you move down, whether it's one, two, three spots, you're still essentially pretty much in the same position you are where you are at four. Uh, you know, look, you know, the Browns, even if it was somehow a, you know, a pick or two that, you know, was in you know, next in 2019 drafts, you're still building the entire, you know, or you know, still building the entire roster here. So if you can move down and still get, you know, a guy you really, really like, you're going to entertain that thought. Um, you know, I do have a guy in mind here. Um, obviously, you know, when you, you talk the entire positional board other than quarterback is still available to you. Uh, you know, is a Saquon Barkley attractive? Sure, he's a fantastic back. Um, but one of the things that makes Saquon as attractive as he is, is he's a fantastic receiver. Cleveland, you already have that with two Johnson. Had 73 receptions last year. Uh, Carlos Hyde, you know, a, a, a solid, you know, thumper back. It does bring you a little bit in the receiving game as well. If I have Duke and there's talks in Cleveland that, you know, they're looking to extend him, I, I maybe don't need Saquon because I need more of the first, second down, more traditional running back in that phase. So, you know, maybe I'm not looking for Saquon at four. Uh, you know, Bradley Chubb brings a dynamic presence. Uh, but the problem is, is I need the greatest pass rusher in this draft. It's a little too early for a corner for any of the guys in my liking. But I, I need what, in my opinion, would be the best pass rusher in this draft class at pick four, if I'm staying there. Well, I mean, we uh, we had some interesting interactions on Twitter earlier today. I kind of went out on the Lockdown Bucks uh, Twitter account and teased uh, today's episode and, and had some guesses. And, and obviously, Barkley was one of the guesses. And and uh, obviously, that's not going to be the direction. And then Bradley Chubb was, was a guess. And uh, based off of what you said, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and give us the pick? Well, the thing with Bradley Chubb, if you want to say who is the best full-time defensive end in this draft, that would apply to Bradley Chubb. But I, I drafted Miles Garrett last year at one. I have Emmanuel Agba, who plays you know, the weak side defensive end, who had 20 tackles last year before he got hurt. I believe it was week, oh, week 11 or week 12. 20 tackles at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield in the run game. My, my issue isn't stopping the run, which Bradley Chubb probably brings a present for. My issue is I'm not getting enough turnovers for my secondary, and I'm not getting enough sacks for the Cleveland Browns. So what am I going to do? I am going to add the best pass rusher in this draft. And the best pass rusher in this draft is Harold Landry out of Boston College. I know in 2017, wow. some guy, so I know in 2017, injured, you know, he kind of, maybe he's taking a bad rap here. Uh, his Virginia Tech game in 17 was fantastic. But if you go back and you look at the 2016 tape, Harold Landry absolutely dominated. 16 sacks. His first step is incredible. Now you go to combine. You know, how did he test? What kind of athlete did he test like? He ran in the mid-four fives. This is a ridiculous guy with a great first step. I know some people are going to say, oh, well, you know, when he's on the field, teams are going to run at him. I don't need him to play right away in first and ten situations. Cleveland has a defensive line that can handle that. What do I want him ready for? I want him ready for those 35 to 45 reps in second and nine or when I'm going nickel or where I'm going dime. And you know, Miles Garrett can play well inside. Obviously, we know how great he is outside. I can maneuver him around. I have other pieces. Emmanuel Ogbach can go inside in those situations. Harold Landry has got incredible get-off. And he is a guy, if you've got him and Miles Garrett coming against your offensive tackles, if you you have a running back in the chip, he's not going to know what to do. Not to mention you've got guys that can still bring presence up the middle 
I need an elite pass rush. I don't know if Bradley Chubb with his seven three eight cone time, which is not good. I don't know if he is the uber athlete as a pass rusher that I'm going to get from a guy like Harold Landry. So if I got to stay at four and I know what a guy can do, and it's not that he's a one trick pony, he can play the run. You see some Lawrence Taylor stuff where he actually, you go back to 2016, he's chase, chase, uh, you know, chasing down the line of scrimmage, chasing Dalvin Cook down from behind. It tells you what kind of player he is. I'm invested in that because I am ready for second and long. I am ready for third downs. And my secondary is not going to have to cover for six, seven seconds like they had to do in 2017. Yeah, that's definitely a very interesting pick. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of almost thought you were going to go Mika Fitzpatrick there and, and kind of along the lines of what you were saying. You've already got the pass rush kind of going in Cleveland. I think the defense was better than most people realized in 2017. So getting a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick, you can move around the secondary and, and really do a lot of things with kind of a Swiss Army knife guy would have been an interesting pick there. But Landry is a good pick. I mean, I know that a lot of people listening to this are going to gonna kind of have that knee-jerk reaction. I know James and I both do because we both kind of kind of said, wow, there, that, that he's just not the popular top guy. The, the popular top guy in, in the draft is obviously Bradley Chubb. But, you know, just because that's who those of us uh, that, that try to do this and, and are in the media and all that, you know, all these games and everything say that doesn't necessarily make it true. I mean, I, I'm reminded last year of Andrew Billings, uh, the nose tackle out of Baylor, who – was getting day one, day two projections all offseason, all draft season, le- leading up to the draft. And NFL.com even, uh, Lance Zerline, don't, like does great work, don't get me wrong, so don't take this as a knock on Lance, but had him graded out as a round two guy. Uh, Billings went round four to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I mean, just because like the media is is hyping him up, just because the media is putting him in, in, in those areas doesn't necessarily mean that's what the scouts, that's what the general managers and the guys inside the buildings are, are actually seeing. You know, uh, like you said, going back to 2016, the, you know, a lot from kind of recent this year, this last season, senior bowl, stuff like that, which is all great. But these scouts have been looking at these kids, a lot of these guys since like high school. You know what I mean? So they've got a whole body of work to look at. And Harold Landry, you know, could definitely uh, uh, be one of those guys. So huge surprise, I would say. But the way you the way you you supported it definitely fits. I would love to see what I watch NFL Network during the draft but I DVR ESPN. And when it comes to picks like this one, I always go back to see what Mel Kuyper says. And I would love to see what Mel Kuyper would say in reaction to the Cleveland Browns drafting Harold Landry with Bradley Chubb and Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson still on the board. So very interesting stuff, Jeff. But I think you, I think you supported it very well. Well, the other thing is, is look, Quentin Nelson, the Browns have a solid offensive line. I love Quentin Nelson. Love yeah, him to death. Yeah. He went no, to that's high school here You're in right. New Jersey. Fantastic player. Tough spot. And the other thing with Bradley Chubb is, and this is one thing guys, are, nobody seems to want to bring up, the entire North Carolina State defensive line is getting drafted, four of them. So it's not like week in, week out, Bradley Chubb, you know, everyone said, all right, well, we're just going to focus on this guy like it was with Harold Landry. Nobody in the world can name another defensive lineman who played with him this year at Boston College. Bradley Chubb played with three other guys who are all going to get drafted this year. So it may have been easier for him in that situation. Now, you know, Landry, the game plan was take Harold Landry out. And it was that game plan 15, 16, even in 17. And most of the time, it never happened. Yeah, no, yeah, no, very true. And, and I kind of wonder, uh, sorry, James. Um, no, you're good. Like, because, you know, a lot of people, like like we said, Baker Mayfield saw on the board. I know we're not doing trades in this because, you know, obviously then you would trade. We have to get the, the locked on Bills guys over here and, <laughs> and try to do all that craziness. But, you know. 
looking at it, like if they were to trade back for the Bills, like, yeah, you might get two number ones out of it, but Harold Landry is probably going to be gone before you get back on the clock. So this is a guy that you're really sold on as a Cleveland Browns, even if some mainstream guys might call, call it a little bit of a of a stretch. I wonder if maybe, you know, again, that's all hypotheticals, but like maybe you could convince the Colts to trade back up from six and and so they can grab Bradley Chubb and then you move back to six and you still grab Landry and maybe grab, you know, a fourth round pick or something in, in addition to it. So uh, interesting dynamic. And if the Browns are leaning this way, then uh, it's it's going to be fun to kind of see what happens in the in the days and weeks leading up to the draft. Yeah, and and I know Bucks fans everywhere listening to this think to themselves, if that's how this plays out, that's even better news for the Buccaneers because that that means that absolutely positively one of those three now is falling to Tampa, uh, and, and you know the the Bucks can can provide depth along the the defensive line with Chubb and let him develop because it it does take time for defensive ends to transition from college to the pros. You can get potentially a Quentin Nelson to make the interior of the the Buccaneers offensive line one of the nastiest in all in football. Or there's the contingent that are really high on Saquon Barkley and think, all right, well, the Broncos probably won't take him. The Colts probably won't take him. looks like we're going to get our franchise running back. So I I thought it was a a great pick, and you weren't kidding about it being a surprise. But as David said, you really – you made the case for it uh, very, very compelling. And – you know, brought the uh, brought the stats and and the the film to to back you up. It's it's just you know I mean when you're in this position you're drafting top five. You know obviously you know most of the reason if you're in the top five you're looking quarterback. And what is usually the other most important elite position you need? It's an elite pass rusher. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, you know Bradley Chubb you know may do more as far as a full time serviceable defensive end. But, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, if we want to look back six, seven years from now, I'd be stunned if Harold Landry doesn't at least have equal the sacks, equal the number amount of sacks, or if not more. All right. Well, great stuff as always, Jeff. We appreciate you joining us uh, for the second time now. Where can everybody find you on the wonderful, wonderful World Wide Web? Uh, guys, obviously, everybody, you know, check out the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, you know, I keep the uh, I, I keep the, you know, the account as a follow-back account. Uh, it's been great for me, you know, a lot of listeners, me not being, you know, in, you know, buried in the Cleveland Browns, you know, fan base for, you know, as some of these guys who are 30, 40 years, these guys are able to get me guests and, and people they want to hear. My best show I did was, you know, Mark Sessler from the NFL Network actually was set up by one of my listeners. He kind of threw it out. Mark jumped in. So, you know, it, it's a good thing to do with your show is to keep it as a follow back account. You know, the fans, obviously, the listeners are as much as, you know, a you know, most important part of your show. So that works great. Guys, follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I do most of my tweeting from there. I have a sick obsession with it. You know, I'm seeing a Buddhist. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that figured out one day. But it's the best place to talk ball. I got a wife. I got two daughters. Nobody wants to listen to football in the household I live in. So it, it's the great escape for me. I feel your pain. Ah, trust I tell you what, now that the 10 and 11, the problem is, is when mom's home, when it's just me and the girls, everybody's chill, relaxed, we do our own thing. And when mom's here, it's a whole different football game. But, you know, we love her. We kind of need her. <laughs> yeah. See, and I have four boys. And so, oh my God. <clears throat> yeah, when it's me and the four boys, it's, it's four brothers constantly fighting and screaming and arguing. And then when mom's home, it's five times worse. So there's just no reprieve. Ever. This one did this. He touched me. He was playing with mine. Da da da. Trust me, I know. And I'm glad I yep. got the bingo. Yep. <laughs> Fourteen, twelve, eight, and seven. So 
So it's uh, oof. I'm a, I've got eleven and ten over here, so I can kind of feel you, but just not from that level. <laughs> I would say it keeps me young, but I keep seeing more and more gray hairs pop up. So I don't think it. Does. Most depressing. Most depressing thing in the world is when you go and get your hair cut and you look down at the floor. You're like, whoa, what the hell is that silver stuff? <laughs> yep. Yeah, whether it's on top of my head or on my beard, I keep finding more and more gray. And, you know, the wife says, well, you got that silver fox thing going. I'm like, I'm 32. I don't need silver anything oh, right now. <laughs> oh, 32. Yeah, that's not good, big guy. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And you know what? I, I would love to uh, I'd love to have you back on after the draft and we can kind of reconvene and and uh discuss what the picks were and, and kind of how we see things laid out because you're you're a fun guest to have and, and we enjoy talking ball with you yeah definitely no appreciate problem, it man. anytime guys man just reach out all right thanks so much jeff keep up the great work guys all right that was jeff lloyd of the locked on browns podcast coming up next david and i are going to get to some of your twitter questions right after this you are listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. And David, we had a couple Twitter questions sent in. Uh, people sliding into the DMs. We always encourage that. You can send the DMs to the Locked On Bucks account or the Pewter Plank account. And since my computer is a glorified paperweight at this moment in time. I'm going to have to kick it over to you to read said question. Yeah, no problem. Um, so this first one we got from uh, Chris on Twitter, again, uh, at TB underscore Bucks underscore for life, a, uh, a regular interactor with uh, the Lockdown Bucks account, I'm sure the uh, the Peter Plank account as well. And oh, yeah. uh, this question is is kind of a two parter, and then he kind of gave his answer for the second part. So we'll we'll hit the first part first, right? Makes sense. Uh, so his question yeah. is: If Nelson and Chubb aren't there um, at seven, I think the team should consider trading back to twelve or fifteen if the opportunity arises. Um, so, well, that's not really a question, but interesting thought. So, so what do you think about that statement? Uh, I, you know, it's something that I think we've touched on a few times that I am, I am fully on board with the trade back. If Nelson and Chubb are both gone, if the opportunity presents itself. And again, it's not as simple as, well, our guy isn't there. Let's just trade out of it. There's a lot that goes into it. There has to be another team that has a player that they are willing to move up for and trade that draft capital to get. But given the fact that the Bucks lost the third rounder for JPP and there are plenty of needs still on this team it's a deep running back class it's a it's honestly a, a relatively deep class at corner um mm-hmm. there are some safeties to be had beyond Fitzpatrick and James I would fully be on board with the opportunity to trade back obviously the dream scenario would be you trade back with Buffalo you get number 12 you get number 22 um maybe even you get a day three pick kicked in or maybe a day three pick in the 2019 draft kicked in just to sweeten the pot a little bit um you know jason like can always play the you know I'm, I'm tight with these guys from arizona and they're willing to give me a little bit more you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to up your game a little bit you know, you look at uh you look at what the jets gave up to move up three spots and you're talking about the bucks falling back five um you might be able to get three picks, but ideally you would get that number 12 and that number 22 pick. So now at 12, 
you're looking at potentially being able to draft a Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James if they fall. You're looking at the possibility of Denzel Ward, Jair Alexander. Um, there's a Josh Jackson. You know, there's there's secondary help at 22. You're looking at being able to snag Darius Geis. Maybe a little bit of a reach for Sony Michelle, but if that's their guy, that's their guy, and they're going to grab him and make sure that he doesn't go somewhere between pick 23 and then the Buccaneers pick in the second round, which he very well will, I would assume. So, yeah, if if Nelson and Chubb are gone and the opportunity is there and it's a good deal, you know, something better than when the Bucks fell back two spots and only got a fourth rounder, uh, they can do better than that. Uh, I, I would fully be on board. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am too. I think I echo the same sentiments and, and I'm glad that, that Chris left Barkley off that list as, as far as, you know, if these guys are gone, because Barkley's kind of the guy that that I identified I think a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, the only, I think the only real uh, commodity that's going to force a team to trade up to number seven with the bucks is Saquon Barkley. I don't think that if, if Baker Mayfield is available at seven, that a team is necessarily going to jump, uh, to, to grab Baker Mayfield. I could, I could definitely be wrong, but I just don't see it. So uh, I, I think there's a difference. There's there's a there's a, a very small group on the top shelf of the draft talent, and then there's a significant drop-off. And, and from the way it looks like it might shake out, picks, I think, like pick seven to about pick 10, 11, there's, that's where the drop-off is going to sit, and those teams are going to essentially have to reach uh, for whatever players they, they get in there, which, don't get me wrong, reaching – you know, for a top 15 guy at number nine is not, you know, the worst thing that could happen to your draft class. But still, if the Buccaneers are able to trade back, get a player more at his his value level in the draft and stockpile some picks, maybe replace that third round pick or even get a future pick for uh, for later uh, w- would be great. So, yeah, I think we're pretty much on the same page on that one. And then uh, the second part of his question is, is he goes on to say, if you got to draft one player in this draft, the entire class, uh, no matter what round it is, who would it be? And then he gave his own answer, which was uh, Alex Kappa, who who he would want to add to to the offensive line. Uh, he predicts that would require the Buccaneers getting a third round pick back, which uh, is definitely a possibility if they trade it out for number of number seven. So, so James, who's your who's your who's your blue chip guy? Who's the guy that you're putting your name on if you're uh, talking to Jason Light? Tony Michelle. Yeah. So like, do I, do I need to go any further? Can I just leave it as Tony Michelle? I I've been head over heels for Tony Michelle. Um, since since the college football season, he's a dynamic player. He's just he's an all around solid running back. He can run between the tackles, but he has that elusiveness. He has that speed. He has an unbelievable ability to cut on a dime and just make defenders look stupid. So he's the running back who has been number one on my list of of wants as far as that position is concerned. You know, Bradley Chubb was number one on my list of, of overall draft ones when this whole process started. Now with JPP, you know, I, I'm more accepting of the fact that Chubb probably won't be there. But if you can, if if you tell me that the Buccaneers leave the draft with Quentin Nelson and Sony Michelle, I don't care what else they did for the rest of the draft. I am on cloud nine. So, yeah, Sonny Michelle's the, the number one guy for me. I do really, really like Darius Geis a lot. Uh, I like Nick Chubb. I like Rashad Penny. But to me, Sonny Michelle is just an unbelievable game changer and kind of that missing piece that 
that the Bucks have at the running back position because he really, truly can do it all. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sonny Michelle as well. Uh, not as much as you are, but I think that your adoration of him is, is definitely warranted. So not, not, not at all a, a, an illogical choice. I went a different direction, and I think you probably know who I'm going with um, just as much as I knew who you were going with. But I'm going defense, and I'm going specifically in the secondary because I look at a guy like Sony Michelle, and while I really like him, he's my favorite running back in this class, uh, even above Saquon Barkley, even above Darius Geis uh, and his teammate out of Georgia, you know, uh, the other Chubb. But I just I, I look at it, right? Like if the, if the Buccaneers got Barkley, they got Geis, they got Chubb, they got Michelle, uh, they got Penny. Like there's a, a, a plethora. Uh, Ronald Jones is in there. Like there's a lot of running backs that if the Buccaneers got one of those guys, I could walk away from the draft class happy. I prefer Michelle, but I could still be happy with any you know, any any number of those guys. When I look at the right. cornerback position, there's really not that many names out there that I would walk away from the draft saying I'm happy that my team got that guy. There are plenty of guys who like Justin Evans last year where I could be like, okay, cool. I kind of see why they went there. Hopefully he works out. That's that's how I reacted last year when they took Justin Evans. I wasn't really hyped up about it, but I was like, okay. Uh, you know, follow the light, right? That's that was my mantra last year. It's gonna be my mantra this year. So, but there's just fewer guys at cornerback that I'm like, if if they take that guy, I'm throwing a party. And the main guy on the top of that list is Dante Jackson out of LSU. I just I feel like he is very undersold. I feel like he's very underrated. And I, I think that when he gets to the NFL, he's gonna he's gonna very quickly make an impact on whatever team he lands with, and it's possible that he could be there late round two, early round three, depending on what happens in these visits and, and, and you know, the impact he makes during his, his private visits and all that stuff with teams. But that's my guy. That's my blue chip guy. And, and like I said, there are several names, you know, Denzel Ward is one of them. Uh, Alexander that you mentioned, he's another one. Like if, if I'm ordering my corners, he's the guy I want in, in pewter the most out of those guys. Um, but really it's those three. So because there's like six running backs, I could walk away happy with and only three corners. He's my favorite one. So that's a guy I'm putting my name on right there. So great question, Chris. You you have any reaction to that, James? I, I'm sure you saw that coming. Oh yeah, I, I from as as far away as you saw my Sony Michelle pick. And yeah, I I like Dante Jackson a lot. And of course, <clears throat> everyone knows who listens to this podcast. If you're a first time listener, I am a card carrying member of the Ohio State Suckeye Haters Club, <laughs> and despise everything about Ohio State. Unlike my co-host, who is a Suckeye fan. And I was the one that volunteered to do the draft profile on Denzel Ward, really try to put my unbiased, you know, look at him to the test. And I came away really liking what Denzel Ward does. Now, the big knock on him, of course, is the size. Mm -hmm. Size is always an issue. I would not be upset if the Buccaneers walked away with with Denzel Ward. I do like Dante Jackson a little bit better. Um, I'm gradually becoming a, an Alexander fan the more he's been linked to the Bucks with the visits mm-hmm. and and things like that I started to look into him a little bit more I like him a lot um you know I I don't have the affinity for Jackson that, that you do but I also haven't gone as deep as you have into watching him so to me you know whoever they get a corner just I just hope they can play you know I just I hope that Mike Smith lets them do their thing. I would like to see Hargraves and more press man 
you know, if like with Denzel Ward, he was really good at, at press man coverage. I wouldn't want to see him come to the Bucks and be relegated to his own with a 10 yard cushion. It just doesn't make any sense. So you know, whoever they, they bring in, I hope they call the defense to the strength of that player rather than trying to do that whole square peg round hole thing that we saw for so long with Lovey Smith. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, uh, again, a great question from from you, Chris. So we really appreciate that. And guys, we got we got some more questions. Um, we got another one from from Chef Aaron that we definitely are going to hit in the next episode. But this is putting us right around the thirty minute mark. So we're going to go ahead and call tonight uh, a complete show. And then, uh, Chef, like I said, we we got your question, and we're going to get to it on the next episode. So so make sure you keep sending those in. And guys, I mean, Chris and Chef uh, are very common uh, contributors here. We want to hear from all of you, though. So if you have any comments, uh, you know, drop them in to the Locked on Bucks podcast uh, Twitter Twitter page there. Uh, James is going to run down the whole list of social media. So to, don't don't be shy. You know, there's no such thing as a as a, a, a too hot of a take for us to address. We'll address really anything you guys have going up to the draft. So uh, definitely give us your opinions. And uh, however, if you're one of the guys who's like trade Winston to the Bills for two more first round picks and we got three first round picks, you're not going to like my reaction. But. Other than that, James, I'll let you put a bow on this thing. Yeah, just everybody make sure you're following what we're doing over at thepewterplank.com. We're still running our draft profile series, one prospect a day, every day, all the way up until the NFL draft. And it covers day one guys, day two guys, and day three guys. I just did one on um, the safety from San Diego State, who now his name escapes me. Um, you know, he's he's a day three prospect, but he's pretty he's pretty darn good. He's very athletic. Um, you know, make sure you're checking that series out and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Pewter Plank, at Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. And like David said, anybody that has a question, a comment, anything they want addressed on the podcast, make sure you send it to the direct messages at the Locked On uh, account and the Pewter Plank account. Both the direct messages are open. Um, I don't always notice the requests right away, but I will find it eventually and other than that david another fun show enjoyed having jeff on look forward to covering who the broncos are going to pick at number five on friday's episode so until then hope everyone has them a wonderful day and we'll see you next time right here at locked on Tell me who wanna tangle with together which got the neighborhood superhero.